Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and of course, this is a production of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network, which is a self-produced podcast network, and you can find this in all of our other shows at generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Now, in today's episode, I am very excited to bring to you an interview that I did with Dave Nelson, who happens to be the CEO and the creator, the mind behind TalkShoe.com. Now, if you're not familiar with the service TalkShoe and you've never heard of that before, then I strongly encourage you to go to generallyspeakingpodcast.com and check out the Podcast Answer Man episode number four, and you'll get everything you need to know about TalkShoe right there in that episode. And uh, today, I'm just going to go ahead and jump straight into an interview that I did this week with Dave Nelson. And so, without further ado, here it is, and thanks for listening. Hey everybody, in our last episode of the Podcast Answer Man, I shared with you how you can not only start podcasting for free, but how you could actually get paid to podcast, starting with your very first show using a service called TalkShoe, and that's back in episode number four of the Podcast Answer Man. If you have not heard that episode, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that particular show, because today I have the honor of interviewing the man behind TalkShoe, the CEO himself, Dave Nelson. Dave, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me this afternoon. Cliff, I'm thrilled to. With that kind of buildup, though, I don't know how I'm going to live up to this uh, interview. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I tell you what, I'm a huge fan of TalkShoe and everything you guys have uh, done there on your end, and I'm really excited to get to uh, ask you some questions that I know a lot of other existing podcasters, uh, people who are already producing some shows and, and are hosting them other places, people who perhaps have had... Uh, maybe an offer to jo join other network of podcasters for income, and and uh, they some of them have decided not to go that route because of the stringent um, contracts that are involved. I, I want to talk with you a, a little bit about all of these different nuances, but before we get started, I wanted to know if you could just give us a brief overview of TalkShoe because this isn't this is going to be for everybody. There are people out there out there listening to this that are getting ready to start their very first podcast, and then we're talking to seasoned podcasters as well. So if you wouldn't mind, just in your own words, give a brief overview of what TalkShoe really is. Right. So I'll start out with just three words. Uh, TalkShoe is what we call live interactive podcasting. And you could think of it, uh, maybe the best uh, model, people seem to think well in paradigms, is a radio talk show. So just like a radio talk show host, when you are doing a talk cast, as we call these things on talk show, you are in complete control. Uh, you can take callers. Uh, you can see who's on the line. You can mute and unmute them. You can start and stop recording. You can text chat with callers, sort of like a call screener would in a uh, radio station. So think about talk show as a... Uh, internet talk show or live interactive podcast. Okay, very good. And and how long has TalkShoe been around? Well, the idea's been around probably for three, three and a half years now, but we really didn't get down to business. I, I hired the very first person for this company 
uh, almost exactly two years ago, April 1st of 2005. And that first person was a product manager who came on to help define what the concept was. And two months later, we hired the first engineer. And by the end of the year, we had a uh, rough prototype. We hired the rest of the engineering, marketing, and business development team. And by June 15th of 2006, we launched the service. So uh, less than a year old at this point, we still characterize it as in beta because we're adding new capabilities to to TalkShoe. What what kind of background did you have before you started TalkShoe? What, what were you involved in before you started this company? Yeah, broadly, I'd say I, I am a telecommunications person. I, uh, boy, it's shockingly long ago, but uh, about 24 years ago, graduated from Stanford with an engineering degree. And my first job right out of school was working at Bell Labs, part of AT&T, which was a one million person company at that time. And the very first thing I was working on was what, what are called signaling protocols, the data protocols that are used in the telephone network to set up and take down telephone calls, translate 800, num- 800 numbers to dialable numbers, and uh, so on. I spent a dozen years at AT&T and then moved into a high-speed networking company that uh, really became, its technology, a company called Four Systems, became the majority of the U.S. Internet backbone in 1996 and and beyond, and um, also ran a uh, telecom software company for seven years before founding TalkShoe, as I said, in April of 2005. So I've been in telecom for uh, getting close to a quarter of a century here. Depressingly long. Well, that makes a lot of sense knowing that for me now because um, of the telephone conference bridge and that technology fused together so well with this this concept of internet radio talk shows. And 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 so that that kind of explains to me how well you've been able to understand how the bridge works and and put that in with the the live package of of programming that you have for the interactive chat and and how it's all recorded and in integrated in together so well. And beyond before Talkshoe, there really was nothing like that for podcasters. So my question for you is, is I want to know where was the idea? I mean, obviously you come from the telecom end of this, but before, I mean, were you involved in podcasting? Did you hear about podcasting and then decide to mirror the two? How did the idea of TalkShoe get started in your own mind? Right. The idea of TalkShoe actually didn't come out of podcasting. Uh, strangely enough, it came out of eBay. I was uh, going back somewhere between three and four years now, I was reading an article about eBay. It was just a, a standard garden variety quarterly earnings report about the company, and it was on the inside somewhere of the A section of the Wall Street Journal. And I started thinking, you know, it's another stellar quarter, and eBay was doing phenomenal, and by the way, has continued to do uh, unbelievable things since that time. And I started thinking about, you know, what is it that makes eBay so... Um, so amazing, so successful. And for me, it came down to two things. And it wasn't the auctions. It wasn't, you know, that kind of technology. It was more fundamental. I thought the neat thing about eBay is it uh, has this amazing ability to connect two people who have a very narrow but common interest in trading a particular product, you know, baseball cards, beanie babies, whatever. And, you know, these are people that can never find each other otherwise. So 
eBay was a great engine for connecting people to trade products. Number two, it tapped into entrepreneurial energies of people because of the way eBay is structured. People are very motivated to to use it, either because they make money or they save money or they find something they couldn't otherwise uh, get their hands on. And how this evolved into talk show was I started thinking, you know, would it be possible to build a company that instead of connecting people to trade products, connected them to trade information? And that was the, the seed of the idea. And could you do it in such a way that there would be an economic incentive for them to, uh, to use the system? And uh, with that idea bouncing around in my head for the better part of two years while I was running my last company, I finally got it sold and was freed up to do this, uh, the idea developed. And I think the key thing that, that led to podcasting, so, you know, so actually a little digression, what TalkShoe is really all about and what, what I think is really incredibly amazing about it, it, is, it, it has this ability to connect people that have a common interest. And that's a very compelling experience when you can connect with and talk to people that have the same interests you do. You know, I do a home winemaking show, and I am happy to talk about acidity level in grapes for an hour. And you know what? It turns out that there are a lot of other people, well, at least some other people in the world, that have that same interest and same desire to delve deep into a topic. And that's fun when you can connect with those people. So the way we got from there to podcast thing is it turns out, well, not everybody's available to participate in a live event. And so if you record these things so that people can listen to them after the fact, you get roughly five to six times the potential audience uh, that you would get if you only did it live. And that's really how this thing became podcasting. That, that's simply amazing uh, because obviously I had the same desire to get out and find some common interest with people. As you're aware, I share a, a lot of different passions, and the, and the things that I'm passionate about, I'm extremely passionate about, so much that I want to talk about them all the time. I mean, I could literally talk all day long about the different passions that I have, and I find that my wife gets tired of my passions, as well as many of my friends, and so I basically become limited on the number of people I can talk about what I'm passionate about, and so I got into podcasting so I could just record myself talking for hours about things I'm podcasting about. And I found the audience, and then I worked my way in backwards. I had already built the audience, and I was looking for services where I could do live shows. So I actually came at it the back end, and I, I, I will tell you, I attempted Skype casting and uh, some very rigged up ways of getting that to work and, and recording a live show locally. Uh, I tried Gizmo Project and their free conference calling bridge that they have, but there was problems with not being able to mute people. Uh, and, and of course, you have the fact that a majority of listeners for at least my one of my podcasts, they, they were not overly technical savvy. And I mean, early on in podcasting, you got some people, if they know what a podcast is, obviously they know something about technology. But even more today, we're gaining more and more listeners today that really don't understand a lot about how technology works. And it was becoming increasingly difficult for me to find a way to have a live, interactive show. And of course, uh, as you're aware, I heard of Leo Laporte doing one of his 
uh, podcast, switching uh, inside the net over to Net at Night, and he explained how he was going to use this service called TalkShoe. And I'm like, okay, if Leo's going to give it a try, I'm definitely going to check it out. And when I saw it, I fell in love. And I, I will tell you, as far as I'm concerned, uh, TalkShoe has become as necessary as RSS feed uh, and as, as necessary as blog engines to my podcasting as far as building a community around the passions that I share. And so TalkShoe has done that. My question to you now is... By the way, I, I got to say that's really cool for me to hear, Cliff, because it sounds like we both came to exactly the same point, maybe from opposite you know, ends of the spectrum, but this whole idea of connecting with others, there are people, not your wife, mind you, and probably not your friends, there are people out there who have the same passions you do, and most people have at least one passion that they are absolutely willing to talk about forever, and if they can connect with other people with that same passion, well, then you've got a really compelling experience. And so there you go. That was the whole concept in the beginning. That, and before I move on to the next question, I want to ask you one one thing. So you, you came from this not from a podcasting uh, aspect of it, but obviously TalkShoe has evolved into more than just telecom connecting people with interest with live shows. And you have gained the mutual interest of myself, uh, Victor from the typical Mac user podcast, and several other existing podcasters. Now, now that you have... Uh, you found that there's this whole group of people out there who are, see this dire need for your services. Have, have you now been more involved in, in checking out other podcasts as a result of it? I mean, not associated with TalkShoe, but but other, other podcasts that are out there? Oh, I should say, I mean, don't uh, get me wrong. I am totally, deeply into podcasting and have been now for uh, probably about 18 months. Um, it's just that TalkShoe didn't originate as, you know, the idea wasn't what kind of cool podcasting company could we build. It was much more around, you know, how can we connect people that have a common interest. But I do a um, weekly podcast on winemaking. I do a weekly podcast for talking to other TalkShoe hosts. I do a podcast on bread making. I listen to, I don't listen to the radio anymore. I listen to a ton of different podcasts. I have several different iPods. I have a, a larger video iPod where I can you know, read the screen without my glasses. And then I have a little shuffle that I drop my uh, podcasts onto when I, when I run. That new Apple uh, iPod shuffle is just a phenomenal device. I can't believe how small it is. So I'm, I'm definitely big time into podcasting now, and I love this whole thing. It is so much fun to be able to listen to exactly what you're interested in it's wonderful to be able to connect to people that have the same interests you do. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm a convert. That is awesome to hear. And 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 so let me ask you this: What were some of the so so you had this idea of connecting people together? And obviously, I am I've moved out of the stage of doing podcasting as a hobby, and I'm now starting to pr- pursue this as an eventual career myself. And I've never really ventured into the running a business and setting up taxes and I, I'm still entering Quicken receipts from 2006. I uh, hope madly trying to get that stuff out so I can get a CPA to help me make sure that I get all the right business deductions. 
let me ask you, because it seems to me that you have a lot of entrepreneurial spirit in you and, and at least some experience now uh, from your b- business prior. Let me ask you, when you started, you said you, you had this idea, you got together with a project manager. Uh, what are some of, the, some of the first, if you wouldn't mind, some of the first big steps you took to take talk shoe from a thought in your mind of what could possibly be and how you could connect people into uh, the the very beginning of what talk shoe was when it first started. What are like maybe the first four or five big steps that you took to to make that happen? All right, as cliche as this probably sounds, the first thing I did, well, I I had spent probably eighteen months thinking about the concept of talk shoe and you know reading stuff and and obviously I was full time engaged in running my other company co manage at that time, but. Uh, the first thing I did was I sat down to write a business plan. Business plan, to me, the most important parts of it are, uh, you know, what what is your product concept, uh, what market are you going after, and then uh, the, the the financial model that would go with the whole thing. And so there's a spreadsheet, if you will, but it's also about what are my expenses, how am how is this company going to make money, and so doesn't have to be very long or very fancy. I think the whole talk shoe business plan is probably one spreadsheet and six pages. So it's not like this is a, a tome. Uh, but it's extremely important to focus on writing this stuff down, putting it, at black, putting it in black and white, and then starting to socialize that with other people to see if you've got your head around, you know, what this really would be. If you can't envision it and describe it ahead of time, you're very unlikely to be successful in creating it. So it all starts with that, you know, envisioning, modeling, and uh, describing in a relatively simple business plan. Very good. Okay. Now, beyond that, it's going to take a little bit of money, right? And so luckily for me, or happily for me, I've been in the industry for a long time. TalkShoe is my third uh, startup company that I that I'm in, Four Systems, which I joined back in 1994. I was not one of the founders, but I joined that company when it was small, uh, 100 people. And four years later, it was a public company, uh, 1,700 people, and very shortly thereafter, sold for 4.5 billion dollars. It was just, it was a rocket ship, a phenomenal uh, success for those of us who were uh, part of that company. So I learned about a startup company by first joining somebody else's startup. And then in 1998, I started my own company, uh, CoManage, and ran that for seven years and eventually sold it to a company called Syndesis. By the way, I co-founded that company with uh, one of my uh, friends from Four Systems, Andy Fraley. The two of us did it together. And so by the time it came around to do TalkShoe, you know, now I'm better than a decade into uh, being in startups, and I understand a lot about how they work. I also was fortunate that I had resources that I could put into funding the company for the first, uh, well, for the rest of 2005. So from April 1st through the end of the year, the company spent a grand total of about $100,000, but that was money that I put in myself. And at that point, now I needed to go out and raise more significant money. And so in the early part of 2006, I raised just over a million dollars to really start to build out the team and the company. 
when you went out and got that other funding, was that something that you had to sell people on the idea and and they they want to partner with you? How how does that work out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, raising money is probably an art unto itself, and I'll just say broadly, there are probably three classes of potential investors. And by the way, the bank is not one of them. That's not where you're going to get money for a startup. Uh, banks just don't do that kind of thing. They're too high. Uh, risk. So, uh, number one and the easiest form of money to get is uh, friends and family. So, you know, if you can convince your friends or family or whatever to invest, uh, that's a great way to go. Uh, you know, count your own resources, which might be credit cards or, um, you know, second mortgage on the house, in a lot of ways that you can raise money from what I'll call friends and family. Second class of investors, and this is the one that I use to get talk shoe off the ground, are what you call angels. Angels are people who have uh, a lot of money, what you might call high net worth individuals, actually by government requirement, they have to be people who have at least a $1 million uh, net worth or they're not allowed to um, invest in uh, companies like this. Uh, The Securities and Exchange Commission has something called uh, an accredited investor questionnaire. So um, angels are people who are worth a million dollars or more and might have a desire to invest in uh, a startup where they they could lose their money, but they also could make a lot of money. And everyone knows the you know wild success stories of you know Google, Yahoo, eBay, um, YouTube, whatever. There's a long, long list of them. And so people know that it's possible to make a lot of money if you invest in the right company in the early stage. But I will say the intelligent investor also better be aware that probably for every one of those incredible successes, there's at least 10 failures, if not more. So uh, it is a high-risk proposition, and people should not be investing money that they can't afford to lose. But in any case, if you have a good business plan and you can articulate your vision with uh, passion and enthusiasm that transfers to potential investors, there's a very good possibility that uh, you can raise money. Investors really care about three things, whether, by the way, I think whether they're friends and family, whether they're angel investors, or I'll get to the third class, venture investors, venture capitalists in a moment. But they care about the idea. That's important. You know, what is the product and its potential and, uh, you know, what are the competitors and, you know, sort of that whole landscape. Uh, they care about a lot about the management team, or the, maybe more broadly, the team that would attempt to pull this off. And so they're going to look a lot at you, your experience, the people that are working with you, capabilities, what have they done in the past, what have they succeeded at, what have they failed at. And then with the product and the team understood, they think about risks. And usually the first risk they think is technology risk. Can you actually create the thing that you say is a technically possible. Uh, Number two, they look at market risk. Is it, um, you know, even if you can create this, can you, um, you know, get the attention that you can actually get people to use it? Uh, Are there competitors out there that are potential threats? Could a large company, uh, you know, decide, hey, that's a great idea that those little guys are doing. I'm going to do it, and boom, you're out of business. And so they look at, they look a lot at risks. But if you can get them comfortable with the product idea, with the the team that you've put together, and that the risks are uh, manageable, then you're very likely to be able to convince them uh, to make an investment. And that was what we did with TalkShoe to raise the roughly $1 million uh, roughly a year ago. 
The third class of investors uh, you would call venture capitalists. And now these are professionals who are investing some of their own but mostly other people's money. And generally, uh, they look to put a lot of money to work in really big ideas. If your particular company doesn't have a potential worth of maybe $100 million or conceivably even a billion dollars, you know, you're wasting your time talking to venture capitalists because they have hundreds of millions of dollars to invest. They can only put it into a limited number of companies, so they have to invest large chunks of money and presumably get very large returns. And, in fact, that's how I, with my last company, we raised $60 million from venture capital investors. And they were investing because they believed that the idea could have a uh, hundreds of millions of dollars or billion-dollar potential. Although the interesting thing about venture capitalists is they understand it's a numbers game, and only one out of every ten venture-backed companies, and so these are companies where millions and millions or tens of millions of dollars uh, is being invested, only one out of ten of those, you know, really hits it and becomes, uh, you know, the next YouTube or something like that. Uh, Seven out of ten end up completely zeroed out and, you know, failed, they lost all their money. Two out of ten, they'll get some kind of salvage value out. But that return on the one out of ten is usually so high that it pays for the nine out of ten where they don't get their money back. And a typical venture fund will generate 30 to 40 percent annual returns. Anyway, that's a prob- probably a longer answer than you're looking at. But, uh, you know, those are the three sources of money. I will say one other um, thing to keep in mind, and TalkShoe did this as part of uh, its first um, you know, $1 million round, there are potential strategic investors out there, people who would benefit if you succeed. And uh, you know, so I spent some time thinking about, well, if TalkShoe succeeds, what is it going to do? Well, it's going to drive a lot of telecommunications minutes, so the telecom companies will be interested. It's going to use conference bridges, so the conferencing equipment companies might be interested. And in fact, when I went to a um, you know such partner, I proposed you know here's the idea we're going after um, you know this this consumer market. And by the way, the idea of um, uh, you know is <clears throat> the idea of TalkShoe at its core. It really is what you might call a teleconference, something that's very common in business but doesn't by and large exist in the consumer space, you know, they looked at it and said, hey, this could sell a lot more of our equipment into that consumer market. And so a small investment from their perspective was a huge amount of money for me to help get uh, you off the ground. And as we succeed, they succeed. And so that's why I call them a strategic investor. There is some strategic value that goes beyond just the equity investment in the company that they're funding, uh, they actually get other business benefits. And so there's always that class of investor out there, too, that uh, might help you get your business off the ground. Very cool. Uh, Well, you know, that was a whole lot longer than I had anticipated. But, you know, I'm very glad that you shared that because, you know, obviously – uh, the folks that are listening to this are, are probably pretty similar to me and 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 their desire to uh, understand technology and how it works in these startups and and I I think that that was uh, very interesting to hear how Talkshoe uh, started with its funding and the different types of things that are out there and and I happen to know that podcasting brings out the entrepreneurial spirit of individuals and I being one of them. 
And so it, it was very fascinating to hear that. Uh, I, I, right. do- I, I probably didn't mention it very much, uh, Cliff, or hadn't hit the point uh, solidly yet, but obviously part of the formula with TalkShoe was that the content creator should make money. There should be an economic incentive for the person who creates this live interactive podcast. And so the end of the story about TalkShoe is that we follow the same kind of model that they do with radio, uh, free content to the listeners, paid for by short, like 10 to 15 second audio advertisements that usually wrap the podcast, and splitting that revenue on a 50-50 basis with the content creator. So that was sort of the rest of the story for the, the basic concept of TalkShoe. Very cool. And we're going to talk about that uh, Talk Shoe Cash program in just a moment. I do have two or three more questions before we talk about the cash program. And and that is a fascinating thing that I, I just want to hear some of your answers to the questions that I have. Uh, but st- when you started out with um, Talk Shoe, obviously to get the investors that you needed to, you had to have a big dream. And you had to have like big goals, big desires. And, and I'm sure... You, there were just some wild dreams that you had where this thing could lead. My question to you is, is there something that's happening with TalkShoe today that actually were are even more wild than your wildest dreams when you started out? Um, yeah, actually, that's a great question. It's, it's hard to exceed your wildest dreams unless you start out with wild dreams, right? So, uh, you know, we had this vision for TalkShoe and how it could bring together people to you know, really connect in a compelling, satisfying experience with others that had the same interests. And I guess the the place in which we succeeded beyond our own expectations last year was with the growth rate of this thing. You you know that something can be uh, viral, if you will, in the Internet space. If, If it works and people like it and they start to talk about it, but that's a really hard formula to achieve. And I think one of the It's hard to plan these things, but one of the events that uh, really just changed our life was on uh, October 19th, which was either Friday or Saturday, I don't remember uh, exactly anymore, although I've got this email taped up on my wall. Uh, Leo Laporte sent essentially an unsolicited email to us saying, hey, I'm going to try talk to you for my new Net at Night show starting November 5th. And uh, just as you said, you heard from Leo about the show, uh, or about the service talk show. A lot of people did, and uh, that really just suddenly put us onto a different track. We are seeing uh, growth in talk show right now on an annualized basis of about 500x per year. What is that, 50,000%? Um, it's, it's unbelievable. So in that sense, um, you know, we are way north of what we ever expected at this point. I mean, we thought it would be big, but we didn't know how long it would take to get the break. And to have somebody like Leo show up and to get that break just during the first few months of, of operation, uh, what was that, four months and change into operations, um, that was just uh, phenomenal and uh, a life-changing event for us. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm certain that, that with that unexpected growth obviously came uh, some, some challenges uh, to keep up with that growth. And I would like to ask you to just share, uh, for, for time's sake, share your number one greatest challenge since October 19th, 2006, and uh, tell us how you faced that challenge. I'll say November was a very painful month for me personally. 
Um, and it was because so much traffic started coming to TalkShoe that um, the, the website was getting overwhelmed. Um, one of the one of the interesting uh, dynamics of TalkShoe is that programs are scheduled to start at specific times. And so everyone shows up around that you know, starting time and does exactly the same thing on the website. And um, we, we knew we were going to be in trouble. when We could sort of see the tsunami coming at us about two weeks ahead of time. So we knew the website was going to crash. And there was just no way we could respond fast enough to fix it. So we created a very slimmed-down version of the website. And on November 5th, Sunday night, 9 o'clock, there was only one thing you could do if you came to TalkShoe.com, and that was join Leo's live show. You couldn't sign up as a new member. You couldn't download. You couldn't access any other thing. But at least we made sure you could get to Leo's show, which is at that particular time what the vast majority of people wanted to do. It took one more week and we were able to then make it so you could get to anybody's live show on Sunday night. And then we did some work for a few more weeks, and the bottom line was by December 11th, we finally had enough capacity in the system, about 10 times the capacity of the peak that Leo was creating on Sunday night, that everything was working smoothly. And it's been smooth since then, and all I've told the team is, hey, I want you to make sure that you're staying out front of the curve. We can see this 500X coming at us. Just make sure you're doing the work ahead of time to get enough servers out there or what have you. So I'm happy to report today that the website has uh, been responding perfectly, typically two to three seconds to present a page. But there were times in November where you could have waited for one to two minutes to get the home page to come up. And I was I was there waiting uh, from time to time. I bet you were. <laughs> and... I bet you were. And that's scary. As the, I mean, you're excited as the, the person running the business that, so many people are interested in it, but it's scary in the sense you feel like you're blowing your chance. You know, there you're on stage, you've got your moment, and you're not performing. So yeah. it was nice to uh, see the team on this side rally around and get the system uh, a lot more capacity and, and uh, get back out front of that curve. And it's been good since December. And and the best thing that could have ever happened to you is that that your big day came from a crowd from Leo Laporte because you could not have a more technology a technology understanding base of people who understand what just happened to your site and who would You are absolutely right. And and Leo jokes about that a little bit about, you know, he's moving so many people in mass that he can kill, you know, a lot of sites. Um it, it's um and it's a, an insightful comment because one of the interesting uh, things about TalkShoe is that there are a number of people, I mean, fully one-third of our signed-up members are 50 or older, because I think older people have a lot of life experiences to share and maybe relatively more time than those of us who have crazy lives. And that group really struggles with the technology, because often they haven't even used, you know, computers or audio or whatever before. Uh, Leo's crowd is very tech-savvy. They know what they're doing to the website. They are able to solve problems. Uh, for themselves instead of calling support. Uh, key point. Key point. <laughs> exactly, and 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 the fact is 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 that uh, being being understanding of of what was going on, I I I actually I announced immediately to eight thousand of my own listeners uh, for the weekly loss podcast. I said, hey guys, we're going to do a live show 
but you are going to have to get your username, your PIN number, and your downloaded software at least 24 hours in advance of this show because it will not work the night that we start the show because we're all going to be there at the same time. And it may take you 10 or 15 times on the dial pad if you're coming in through Skype. I mean, it, I I just warned everybody, and it, it's been a huge success. I mean, people understood, and I explained to them, it's not because this service doesn't work. It's because this site is so amazing, and so many people found out about it at the same time. And I, I think that that's why people came and they didn't get frustrated and leave, but instead they were they were very much uh, accepting of what was happening and saw you through the growing spurts, and, and boy, it's been great ever since. I have one other question. Yeah, well, I, really appreciate, I really appreciate you saying that. I would also say that, uh, you know, looking back on it now, it, it felt like a trial by fire, but we got so much better so fast because of the pressure we were under. So, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, uh, you know, it causes some pain, but um, I guess that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and that's how talks you really came through that whole experience. Absolutely. Let me ask you this um, real quick. What is the coolest thing for you as the founder of TalkShoe? What is the coolest thing about the TalkShoe service that you, in your mind? Yeah, I'll go back to I love the fact that you can connect with people that have the same passions as you do and engage in a very rich text and voice conversation with them. That is phenomenal. And there's some really important features that we had to create to make that possible. One of them that I'll mention is um, when, you know, you're talking to a bunch of people that you don't know, uh, you don't know their voices, we created a capability in the TalkShoe Live client so that when, since when somebody speaks up, you actually see their name highlighted as they talk. And so now you as a host can much more quickly um, and intelligently respond to a particular person. You can call them by their username. And so, you know, it's just there's a lot of things that you have to do to make the dynamics of people who don't know each other connecting uh, into a compelling experience. And um, I think that with TalkShoe, we still have a lot of work to do, a lot of ideas that we're going to implement, but the ability to do that is just fundamentally cool. And I want to add one other coolness factor that perhaps maybe uh, you have thought about, but if not, I, I want to bring it to your attention so that you can add this to the coolness factor of TalkShoe. And I don't know if you realize this, but TalkShoe is literally changing people's lives for the better, and I want to, I want to, um, I want to give you background on what I mean by that. I have been involved in ministry as a pastor for more than ten years of my life. I just resigned as a uh, staff, uh, as the lead pastor of a of a very growing ministry here in our local area. I resigned as the uh, leader of a group of cell leaders in my own local ministry because I felt God calling me personally to share my life online with people all over the world. And now I'm reaching eight to 12,000 people around the world now on a daily basis. And before it was only a weekly basis on one show, but now it's on a daily basis with seven shows. And I will tell you, I get literally 10 to 15 emails a week saying things like, 
Uh, I heard your episode that you and Stephanie did on how to live debt-free and the possibility of living debt-free. We've never heard anything like that. It's so radical. We checked out that information you told us about on the web, and for the first time in our lives, we are actually looking at possibly being debt-free in four years. I've heard people call in and say, our marriage was on the rocks, but you and Stephanie did a a five-part series on the five threats to marital oneness. You know, I never even thought about the fact that, you know, I could be involved in extramarital affairs without that having to mean that I'm actually seeing another woman. That that just different other things that are could be considered an extramarital affair and I was so involved in those and now my eyes are opened and and marriages are being changed lives are being changed for the better people are sharing their life together and that's all happening now on a daily basis with with our podcasting and the only reason the only reason that that is able to happen on a daily basis is because now i am actually being paid to podcast on a monthly basis and that brings that me is, that is very cool that is very cool and, exactly and, and and that brings us now to the Talk Shoe Cash program. What is the Talk Shoe Cash program, in a nutshell? Well, yeah, it is um, a sharing of the advertising revenue that Talk Shoe generates on the programs that are created by our hosts. And we do two things. Uh, when you create a podcast, uh, you do it as a live interactive event. You connect with and talk with people. Or, you know, maybe that you record it offline and upload it to the Talk Shoe website. Either way. We append at the point of download, and this is a neat technological trick, but at the instant of download, we append a short advertisement, or two or three, or even for long shows, potentially four. Um, That advertisement generates money for TalkShoe on a per-download basis. Uh, In the industry, they call it uh, CPM, cost per thousand, M being the Roman numeral for for thousand. Uh, It generates a certain level of revenue for TalkShoe, and we share that 50-50 with each of the hosts uh, that uh, have generated the programs and the corresponding downloads. So it's a, sort of a sharing in the revenue that we generate uh, because we are sharing, if you will, in creating these podcasts. The podcaster from the content perspective and talks you from the, you know, the whole platform and service and bandwidth and download and all, all that uh, perspective. So we share the revenue uh, 50-50. It's a neat model. You know, I've heard about other models out there. I won't say any names, uh, but one of them doesn't actually do the model anymore. And when I heard about it and I signed up and I sent my email to cash at talkshoe.com, I was kind of skeptical, to be honest with you. And I'm like, whatever. And I, I did it. I actually, all I did was I went in and created a test of the TalkShoe cash or, or TalkShoe system. I recorded a 15-minute show just talking and waiting for about two or three people to jump in and we recorded a show together and and for 15 minutes and I shut it down. It's like, "Oh, that was cool." And I never I, I mean, I continued to play with it and I'm like, "Okay, this is cool." I, I mean, I'm definitely going to be able to use TalkShoe to do live shows. That's that's definitely going to be awesome. And in no, I think it was like November sixth of two thousand six. I got a check for five dollars. I'm like, what? What's this? And it's like, oh, that's because they give five dollars per show for each of your first ten shows. And that's exactly right. And and by the way, we do that really because 
a lot of podcasters are just getting started first time out when they pick up TalkShoe. We didn't talk about it much, but I think TalkShoe makes podcasting a lot easier than it otherwise is. We've solved a lot of the technical problems. You don't need to know about the details of RSS, really simple syndication or whatever. Uh, but you have no audience when you're first starting. And so we figured, well, let's pay people $5 per episode for the first 10 just so that they can get a sense of the possibilities as they're starting to build their audience. And by the way, uh, the, the way it works out after that is you will typically average, and it depends on the length of your shows and so on, but about $40 for each 1,000 downloads in addition to that starter money. And so you start building a, a, an audience, and you can actually start making some real money it probably, for most people, works out to $2 per listener per year. Mm -hmm. So if you have you know, regular listenership of 500 people, you know, a college kid running a nice little show, uh, you know, that's 1000 bucks of uh, pocket change you wouldn't otherwise have had. But there's lots of people who get into thousands or even tens of thousands of listeners, and now you're talking about some real money. By the way, both for you, the host, and for us, TalkShoe, to run our business. So it's a great partnership. Absolutely, and, and a partnership that I am so glad to be involved in. And one of the things that I want to point out just real quick here is that I did not sign any contract whatsoever to give you rights to my content. You own your content. That was fundamental. If, if we do not have a good enough platform and a good enough compensation model that you voluntarily choose to stay with us, then we're not doing our job. So we figured that it was much better to, um, you know, essentially always be competing to earn the business of the content creator every day. And uh, you own your content when you create it on TalkShoe. It's yours. Absolutely, and and I, I that is what really won me over because I've been offered by, namely one of the big networks out there, Podshow, to to come and join their the the real network. I kn I know that they have the free network anybody can join, but I was invited to come join the real network, and I don't have anything to bad bad to say about Podshow. I think they they do some excellent stuff. And, and and for the producers that podcast producers that are there, uh, they are making money just like I'm making money. And in fact, they're making more money than I am. But eventually down the road, as I continue to build my audience my way, I feel that in the long run with TalkShoe, I will I will end up a lot better than I personally would have with with a network. And not to mention the fact that I can start as many podcasts as I want, and it's all mine. I never have to worry about losing the rights to my show if I ever leave the network. If I ever got upset with TalkShoe, I, I could just leave and take all my content with me. And and I, I, I just, I admire that about TalkShoe. And uh, one of the things that I want to point out for existing podcasters that are listening, and you can verify this uh, with me, Dave, that, that you've worked hard with, I know, Victor and myself, uh, but there are some quirks with bringing a very large audience and putting that with TalkShoe because obviously TalkShoe has been designed from the ground up for somebody who's just starting out. And so, for example, um, TalkShoe obviously has RSS generators of its own on the site and there's some iTunes. And, and, and I've had experienced a couple setbacks, just minor things. 
where I would be double inserted into iTunes. But all the one of the things I want to point out to existing podcasters who may be considering the switch to talk show, I want to suggest to you do it and you'll never regret it because Dave, and this is to you and to Aaron Browser and to the and, and to Tommy and to all the rest of your support staff. These guys over there at TalkShoe have been like by my side asking me, Cliff, what can we do to make your life easier with this switch that you've made? We, we, had, we, we are so honored that you've moved your content over here. How can we make your life easier? And you guys have been over backwards to be there for me as an existing podcaster with my content and with my listeners. And I, I want to say thank you, Dave, to you personally. Oh, thank you very much, Cliff. And by the way, it, uh, as of today, which is February of 2007, as we record this, there are still some challenges to move an existing podcast to talk to you. And so we'll absolutely work with you um, directly side by side. By the time we get to late March, I think you're going to see that there are some substantial enhancements to the talk to you system. And then one last important one coming in May so that... Um, the kinds of challenges that you've seen in the early days really are things of the past. Absolutely. And and, and, and and I've already seen some of my challenges, such as uploading 90 megabyte files to my own personal FTP server, sending you guys an email, asking you to download it from my FTP server, and having you upload it to my TalkShoe site so that I can then link to it in my own personal RSS feed. <laughs> Right. That's a whole lot easier today now than it was in November. It, 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 it's major progress there, Cliff. It, it was major project. And, and I tell you what, and, and if anything, it's a testimony to TalkShoe and how much I enjoy working with you guys in that I am, I am, I am not a very patient person. Uh, I, I'm probably more patient than some. And I give you guys a lot of, of leeway where some people would probably start screaming and hollering. I just that's my, my tendency is not to scream and holler and start cursing, but I'm still very impatient. I might say I might actually have to reword an email three or four times before I actually send the send but hit the send button because I am so impatient. But the fact is, is I have actually waited back in uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas time when there's people taking vacations. I've waited somewhere, sometimes up to two or three days for a file to be made available so that I could actually put it in my feed when I'm used to having that thing done immediately um, on, on, through Libsyn.com. But I worked, you guys worked with me so well, I and I believe in TalkShoe and I want to help support TalkShoe and everything you guys are doing there. And today, I want to tell podcasters that, that those times, those were very brief, and it very rarely ever took more than an hour and a half from, for the whole thing. And today, I'm able to record a local show here, upload it to TalkShoe, and put it in my feed all within about 20 minutes. And that is no different than what I used to spend as far as time putting that up on Libsyn.com. And where I used to pay Libsyn.com to host my files, I've cut all that back to their $5 a month plan just for my archived information. And now, instead of paying for bandwidth hosting, I'm actually getting paid by TalkShoe. And so you guys have, have really cleared the way uh, in these obstacles, and you've really moved them out of the way. You've moved some actual mountains. Well, thank you. We, uh, we're definitely making progress. There's so many things that we want to do. We have such a long list of things we're working on. 
and the team here is incredibly fast, but it's the input from the, the hosts, the content creators, which we view really as the most important part of our business, that helps us figure out what to do when. And so uh, you and several other people got us very focused on making sure there was a clean and fast upload process. And I'm pleased that uh, it works as, as well as it does today. Uh, definitely a giant step forward from where we were just two months ago. And again, by um, March, you'll see it's uh, even cleaner yet. You won't have to create these uh, episodes uh, in advance. You'll be able to do them at the point of upload. So uh, we're getting better and better. Very good. And I only have time for one last question, Dave. And, and this is a question that I know a lot of people have probably gotten in their mind. Do you ever have any plans to implement video into TalkShoe? You know, I get asked that a lot, and right now our answer is no. We don't plan to do it at any point in the future. Now, I guess it's always subject to uh, changing our mind, but the reason I say that is because if you think about when people can consume content, video and text, you know, basically reading or watching, uh, cannot be multiplexed with other activities by and large, whereas audio can. So uh, when you produce an audio-only podcast, you're actually playing into a huge amount of time that people have during their day that, that they could consume that while they're driving their car or they're out for a run or mowing their lawn or even maybe working on some relatively mindless task on their uh, computer or elsewhere. So I really like the idea of being optimized for audio only. It keeps production faster, simpler, cheaper, and you're actually playing into a large chunk of time that, uh, that people have in their day. Thank you very much. I, I I think that that's fine. And for me personally, I'm an audio guy. I have the face and and the the looks for audio, so I go with that. <laughs> and uh, and I and it, and it suits me well. And and with a nice microphone and some adjustments on a mixer, I can actually sound halfway decent. So uh, you sound phenomenal. <laughs> By the way, I will say that uh, if we're not working on video, where are we working? The the one thing that really um, is important to me is ever enhancing the interactive experience. And so you'll see us put a lot of energy into making this live interactive experience more compelling, easier, more fun. That's where our energies are going. Very good. Well, Dave, I'll tell you, uh, I've talked with you uh, several times in the past here recently. And it's always been a pleasure, and uh, and today was obviously uh, no exception to that rule. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your uh, lunch time here. Uh, it's two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, and uh, thank you for giving me a part of your day to share uh, this interview with our podcast listeners and and getting a closer look at the inside of Talkshoe, how it started, where it is today, what the plans are, and where you're going. Uh, and and I, again, I, I must just say thank you personally from the bottom of my heart for helping me to no longer, at, at this point in the game, where I want to be the producer of a lot of content, I'm able to now focus on that and not have to worry about go out going out and personally getting the advertising. Now, that has just been a huge blessing to me. And, and, and I, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I know that my listeners, every single one of them, thank you, even though that they may not know until they hear this, just how much you're responsible for so much of what they hear on a weekly basis. 
Uh, you are most welcome, and it was absolutely my pleasure to spend some time with you and with your audience. All righty. Well, everybody, that's uh, all we have here for this episode of the Podcast Answer Man. I do invite you to check us out on the web at generallyspeakingpodcast.com, and uh, you can always uh, tell your friends about us. And if you have any questions or comments regarding uh, TalkShoe, please email them to me at podcast at ravenscraft.org. And you can always call us on our listener line, leave a message on our voicemail at area code 859-795-4057. And if you have any questions, uh, Dave, can they, they, can they email you and ask you questions? Or is there an email address at TalkShoe that they can ask? Well, let me give both because I'm always happy to uh, personally interact with people. So my email address is Dave N, as in my first initial of my last name, uh, Nelson, Dave N, at TalkShoe, T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E, dot com. And I think it would be a great idea to copy CC info at TalkShoe.com, just because sometimes I do get buried in email, and if you're writing into info, you'll definitely get a response quickly. If you're writing into me, you will get a response, but I can't always promise quickly. Very good. And uh, let's see here. I, oh, and your other shows. Uh, there may be some people out there that want to talk about the acidity level of grapes. Uh, where would they find that show? Well, you come to TalkShoe.com, and uh, right on the homepage, there's a search box. You can type in the ID of my winemaking talk cast. That is 18. Just put 18 into the search box, and you will find Cellar Dwellers Home Winemaking. If you are a host or you would like to uh, learn about hosting your own show. Join our TalkShoe Hosts Sharing Strategy Show. Uh, that is TalkCast 1517-1517. And um, one of them is live. The, the wine show is live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The other one, the TalkShoe Hosts Show, is live 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursdays. Love to have you join me. Very good, and I'm sure I'll see you again on uh, future talk shoe sharing strategies. Dave, thanks a lot, and you, you have a wonderful afternoon. You too, Cliff. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Podcast Answer Man. I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Dave Nelson, the CEO of TalkShoe.com. And if you have not yet tried out TalkShoe.com, I strongly encourage you to do that. It is, I believe, going to be one of the fastest-growing podcasting services out there. And once regular mainstream podcasters catch wind of this, I, I really believe there's going to be a lot of people that transfer their stuff over there. And if you're interested in that and you'd like to ask some questions about that, I'd gladly give you uh, some personal feedback as far as my experience there, some of the hurdles that I had to jump through as an existing podcaster and how those hurdles had been removed for me so that it didn't have to actually jump too high, uh, just give me an email. Send send that to podcast at ravenscraft.org. Again, that's podcast at ravenscraft, R-A-V-E-N-S-C-R-A-F-T dot O-R-G. And with that, thank you for listening to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man, and we'll be back very soon. God bless.